Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel Pearland. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. Bum, bum, bum. It's over. Not the news Adonijah was hoping for, but right there where it says Solomon sits on the throne, that right there meant game over for Adonijah. Because once Solomon sat on the throne, that meant his reign had just officially become active, effective immediately. Now it's on. Solomon's king. That's it. It's done. This was enough to make Adonijah cry. But wait, there's more. 1 Kings 147. And moreover, the king's servants have gone to bless our Lord King David, saying, May God make the name of Solomon better than your name, and may he make his throne greater than your throne. Then the king bowed himself on the bed. Also the king said thus, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who has given one to sit on my throne this day, while my eyes see it. So all the guests who were with Adonijah were afraid and arose, and each one went his way. You know, it's all fun and games till the shofar blows. Solomon was on the throne, his reign was activated, and to back it up, to legitimize his reign, David's officials, all David's guys, I mean, the whole government has run in there to Solomon to bless him and congratulate Solomon, which meant there is no way, Jose, that Adonijah could possibly become king now. All of Adonijah's friends that were partying with him, yay, we did it, we're friends with you, we support you, good going Adonijah, we're behind you, your agenda has worked, we are with you, man. All of a sudden they left, just like that, bam, they're gone. They left him high and dry, call them fair weather friends, they left him, they got out of there, they didn't want nothing to do with him after that. But David's people remained loyal, they stuck it out with him. Once that shofar sounded, Adonijah's people proved that they never had loyalty to him at all. 1 Kings one fifty. Now Adonijah was afraid of Solomon, so he arose and went and took hold of the horns of the altar. And it was told Solomon, saying, Indeed, Adonijah is afraid of King Solomon, for look, he has taken hold of the horns of the altar, saying, Let King Solomon swear to me today that he will not put his servant to death with the sword. Now, I want you to remember, whenever a king took his throne, all offenders to his rule were condemned. Condemned usually means they were killed because they were not going to allow a threat to their throne to remain. And that's the whole reason in the first place why Bathsheba and Nathan pleaded with David, because if Adonijah got the throne, then they would have been counted as offenders. They were afraid for their lives. But now that Solomon sat on the throne, Adonijah just became the offender. And that's why he was afraid of Solomon, because he knew Solomon would kill him. So then Adonijah, what does he do? He runs all the way down to the tabernacle, 
And he grabbed onto the horns of the altar because it is at the altar. That's where people would ask for merciful atonement, forgiveness of their sins. And so Adonijah held onto the altar horns as his desperate way of pleading for mercy from King Solomon because he knew he was supposed to be executed for his offenses that he had committed. 1 Kings one fifty two. Then Solomon said, If he proves himself a worthy man, not one hair of him shall fall to the earth. But if wickedness is found in him, he shall die. So King Solomon sent for him to bring him down from the altar. And he came and fell down before King Solomon. And Solomon said to him, Go to your house. Pretty direct there, wasn't it? (laughs) Solomon could have very well had Adonijah executed. Because Adonijah, he basically deserved it for all the seriousness of his crime that he had done. Now, I want us to recognize something here. He came and he begged, and Solomon gave him mercy. Solomon gave him mercy. Now, I want us to understand how serious of a thing that this was that Adonijah had done. Adonijah tried to take a throne that was not his. He tried to steal the throne from God's chosen man, And that was in direct violation of the will of God because he was actually working against the Davidic covenant, against God's choice. Now, Solomon was of the line of kings by which Messiah Jesus would come to save all of humanity. And so you can see how Satan moved Adonijah, just like he had tried to do with Absalom, to try to break God's covenant promise to stop the Messiah from coming, to try to make God a liar. Do you see how serious a thing this was that Adonijah had done? That's how big it was. God is not about to, for one second to allow anyone to mess up his plans. Nobody can. Nobody will. God is in control. But despite the severity of Adonijah's offense, when he pleaded for his life, Get this, people. I want you to really get this. If you're daydreaming, come back to me right now. If you are if you hear me in the background and you're like, okay, whatever, at least hear this. Adonijah did a very serious offense, but the king gave him mercy. He granted him mercy. Did he deserve it? Absolutely not. Was he against the throne of Solomon? Yes, he was. He tried to take it. He should have been killed, but the king gave him mercy. That's what I want you to hear right there. So Solomon sent him home, and he spared his life based on his commitment to abide by him, okay? Now, this is a good Jesus parallel for us all here, and that we have all, every one of us, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all been counted as offenders against the Lord Jesus as king. We have all, at some point or another, tried to be king of our own lives. We have all tried to take a throne that was not ours by telling Jesus, no, get out of here. I'm going to rule, not you. We have all told Jesus no. And whenever we told the Lord Jesus no, then that made us offenders to his reign deserving of condemnation. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And if you look up Romans 6.23, it says that our sin produces death. It actually is a wage that brings death. 
Guys, a wage is something you earn. It's something you work for. You work for a paycheck, right? And your wage is what you earned for it. Well, the wages of sin is death. We actually put in the work necessary to be condemned. Did you know that? We're all guilty of offense. However, however, we can come to him, to Jesus, to the king, to ask forgiveness so that he might have mercy on us. Just like how King Solomon had mercy on Adonijah. Oh, but Ray Adonijah didn't deserve mercy after all he did. His was exceedingly bad. Hey, we don't deserve mercy at all either after all we've done. Well, Adonijah did really bad. You and I did really bad. It produced death. Hello. We can be saved. We can be given mercy. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Guys, I want us to concentrate on these two different guys in our story, Solomon and Adonijah. They both went to two different locations for their coronation, except Adonijah went down to a water spring at Enrogil, which is a good place to hide. That's why he went there. It's a place to hide out. Because that's the same place where David's spies went to, if you recall, Jonathan and Ahimaaz. It was during that time when Absalom was trying to steal the throne in 2 Samuel 7. That's where they hid at Enrogel, because it was a good hiding place. It's a good place. It was remote. It was very secluded. Adonijah camped at Enrogel because he and his supporters, they did not dare go to Gihon because Gihon was the main spring that fed most of the water to Jerusalem. If they had gone to Gihon, if Adonijah and his guys had gone to Gihon, They would have been too quickly found out before Adonijah felt that he had secured the crown like he wanted to. Remember, Adonijah was hiding from God. That's why he did not invite Nathan the prophet. That's why he didn't invite the priest. He was hiding. And so he did not go down to Gihon. He went to a secluded place at Enrogel. But David sent Solomon to Gihon, where the water flows. Freely. More people are going to be around that water, getting water for themselves and their animals and what all. Gihon was not a secluded place for hiding. It was open and it was very well public. And that's why he sent Solomon down to Gihon. Go down to Gihon. Everybody's going to see it because people are coming to drink. They're coming to drink at the water. And that's where they're going to find their king. Ooh, I know you just heard the gospel in that, didn't you? So anyway, Gihon means in Hebrew to burst forth. So you can tell by the name alone, there was a lot of water flowing from Gihon, enough to provide everybody's supply. And that's where Israel's rightful King Solomon was coronated, at the place of bursting forth. You know, today there's a lot of people, they're trying to look the part, they're trying to steal the throne, and they're actually hiding from God. They're hiding from God. Well, hey, well I think I'm, run, I'm running the show here. Now I, run, I sit on my throne. But, you know, like Adonijah, these kind of people, they don't want accountability with God. They're hiding. They don't want to be found among the fellowship of God's people. People like this, they allow false kings to rule over their lives. And because of that, they are in hiding. They're hiding from God. But when somebody gives their life over to Jesus, and I mean for real, everybody thinks they have, but I mean when you really have given your life fully to God, when Jesus takes the throne of their life, 
there is a bursting forth that will happen. John 4.14 says, But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. There's your bursting forth. <laughs> and Jesus said that you you drink this water, you will burst forth into eternal life. Guys, you can't contain it. You can't hide it. If you've been hiding it, I wonder if you've got it. <laughs> you ever been standing at the beach when a big wave comes and hits you and you just decide, no, I'm not going to let it hit me. Oh, it's going to hit you and it's going to knock you over. Friends, Jesus is so big. He's going to knock you over. Okay. If you're not knocked over, you really need to question if you've really, really drank of that water. So why did David command them to blow the shofar at Solomon's coronation? Because this is how you announce the coming of a king. First Thessalonians 4.16, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. There's your shofar, friends. You know, don't get caught celebrating at the wrong party. You're hiding. If you're hiding from God, you're you're hiding, you're, you're celebrating your money. Oh, I'm king of my life. I'm on the throne. I have all this money. Or your politics. Oh, my guy made it in office this year. We're going to take over. We're going to rule. We have it. You're celebrating at the wrong party, okay? Your politics, your money, your whatever. And there's a false king called the Antichrist that is coming. And he's going to try to take over the throne at Israel, but he will not have the anointing of God. Even though he's going to have his own bandit supporters that are going to be backing him up. And everybody who's at the wrong party, you celebrate your money, you celebrate your false counterfeit stuff, your fake stuff. When this Antichrist hits, you're going to think he's king. You're going to think he's legitimate, the real king. And for the deceived people who end up following this Antichrist guy in this wrong party, to them, it's going to seem like the best thing ever. We've got it. This is our guy. He's given us what we want, the money, the politics, the power, the self-rule that we've always wanted. Man, this guy has to be it. But the Antichrist has no way of even coming close to mimicking the sound of the shofar of God. Once that big, heavenly, earth-wide herd shofar sounds, their party is over. Game over. All those who are hiding from God are going to scatter. All the people that backed your agenda that is against the word of God, that's against what God said, and you've got all this majority, oh, we're so strong, we've got it, it's ours, we're doing it. As soon as that shofar hits, they're going to run. They were never loyal to you like you thought they were. Friends, what I'm trying to say is don't get caught up in the wrong party. We who believe in Messiah Jesus, in King Jesus, we know that he has the anointing of God, something the Antichrist will never ever have. And to those that are serving the wrong king, your partying in your money, your politics, your selfishness, your self-exaltation, which is exactly what got Adonijah in trouble, self-exaltation, you raising yourself up, thinking you're better than everybody else, that is exalting yourself. God is opposed to that, but he gives grace to the humble. If you're in that wrong party, 
The shofar is not going to be delightful to you like it is to a believer like me looking for Messiah Jesus to come at any moment. I believe that he's going to come back and he's he's going to take his rule and he will. And it doesn't matter what the majority thinks. He will take over. The shofar is going to be a beautiful thing. Shofar, so good to believers. But the shofar of God is going to be a terrifying sound to those who do not believe. And I want you to understand that shofar, so good. That means the trumpet of God. Jesus, Messiah, is king, coming to rule. It is such a good thing. And the more we know who the real king is, King Jesus, the easier it is to spot the fakes. How am I going to know who the fakes are? You study the real thing. You study the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through King Jesus. He's the truth. That means he's the real thing. He's the way. Study him. Get to know him. Study his word. Get in the body of believers that is the body of Christ. If you're hiding from God, You can't know who God is. If you're not reading the word of God, you can't know who God is. If you're not praying, you can't know who God is. If you're not indwelled by his Holy Spirit upon belief in Messiah Jesus, you can't know who God is. You are susceptible to false kings, and that puts you in the wrong party. Do not follow anyone or anything that claims to be your all-in-all answer to everything. Follow Jesus Christ, the real true king. Make sure you're at the right party. Because when the trumpet of God announces the coming of the king, you know it's about to be on the biggest party there ever was. But if you're at the wrong party, you're going to be like Joab and you're you're going to be partying away. Yeah, it's all great. And then that shofar is going to hit and you're going to go, oh, what was that? I'm in trouble. Don't let that be you. Friend. Give your life to Jesus. And I want you to know this, that once the king sits on the throne, once the king takes the throne in your heart, in your life, his rule becomes effective immediately. David's people remain loyal, and you'll find that as you are loyal to King Jesus, be loyal to the royal, be loyal to the royal King Jesus, you're going to lose some friends over it. I know it happens. I've had it happen to me. People that aren't ready to receive Jesus and you do, they're they're going to leave. But Adonijah discovered real quick that the people that he thought were loyal to him, they were not loyal at all because they all got up and ran off. When the shofar hit, when the shofar sounded, when it when the trumpet blew that announced the real king of Israel, the people at the wrong party, all their friends took off. We're out of here, buddy. We're gone. Don't let that be you. Oh, my friends will never leave me. Well, that's what Adonijah said. Don't let that be you. Now, remember that even David lost a lot of friends as he learned to walk with the Lord. He learned, you know, it's better to walk with the Lord and have few friends than to not walk with the Lord and be friends with everybody because they're really not your friends. I want you to see what David said about the Lord in Psalm 41, 9. Even my own familiar friend in whom I trusted who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. David said that about his close advisor. Remember Ahithophel when he betrayed David because he joined Absalom's takeover attempt? He tried to take over with Absalom. Jesus quoted this same line that David just said when Judas betrayed him at the Last Supper. He said, 
My close friend who shared my bread with me lifted up his heel against me. He, he betrayed me. My friend betrayed me. Friends, don't be at the wrong party. But when you join with Jesus, when, when you ask Jesus in your life and you make him Lord, King, and he takes the throne, you're going to lose some friends. It's going to happen. But stay loyal to the royal. Remain committed to King Jesus, even if your friends leave you. Because here's why, and I want to give you some incentive for this. I want to encourage you with this, okay? John 15, 14, Jesus said, you are my friends. Look at that. Friends. He calls us a friend. (laughs) The guy that messed up, the guy that sinned, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. And so lastly, I want to point out how David was able to be thankful even on his deathbed, when he said in verse 48, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who has given one to sit on my throne this day, while my eyes see it. Friends, look at that. David was thankful in all circumstances, even though he was near to death. I know it's hard to be thankful. It's hard to be joyful when times are tough, when things aren't going so good, and you want to get upset, and you you even want to curse God for it like it's his fault. I know that you feel like sometimes you'll want to do that, but look at David. He was happy about the Lord. He's about to die. I mean, he doesn't, it's not like he had a house burned down or something. I mean, it's something that could be fixed. He's about to die. David is about to go the way of the earth. He's almost gone. And he was happy with something that the Lord did for somebody else. Friends, could we be like this? Of course we can. We should be. I say we should be thankful no matter what happens to us in this world because we can say, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who has given his son, Jesus Christ, to sit on the throne of my heart while my faith sees it. Is that enough blessing to last you for the rest of your existence? It is for me. (laughs) You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. I want to pray with you real quick before we go. If you've been trying to live your life your way on your own terms and things ain't working out, you've tried to fix everything and it just gets worse and worse, that's a signal, a red flag, an obvious hello that you need to turn your life over to Jesus Christ right now. You need to make him king quickly. Once he is activated, he will take over and he will get command of your life. Give it to him. You've got to let him in. He's a gentleman. He's never going to go where he's not invited. So you've got to ask him in. Ask him in with me, would you? Father, I have sinned. I am the offender. I blew it. I literally told you, get out of here when you offered to rule. And I didn't like the sound of you ruling over me like I was above you. But Lord, now I understand. And so, Lord, I bow the knee. I lower myself, the opposite of exalting, which is what I've always done my whole life. I now lower myself. I'm turning 180, going the other way. And I'm sorry. Forgive me. I ask for your mercy. Please give me your mercy, and I thank you for it. Jesus Christ, you are now the king of my life. I am no longer trying to run the show. It's yours. You are Lord. That means you're the boss. Take over. And thank you for the bursting forth of your Holy Spirit up into eternal life. I give you my life today in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just gave your life to Jesus, go to setforliferadio.com and let me know. It would encourage me. Remember, you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen of Calvary Chapel Pearland. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life.